Hi, you're listening to Under the Radar. Between the main episodes where we feature our big band or artist interviews is this space where I shed some light about the making of the current episode. Okay, full disclosure, this mini episode is a little late and as a result, the two following mini episodes are also out of sync. Our initial guest we had lined up, he wrote us a review and then just before we were about to record... His partner had a baby. <laughs> we all know what that's like. So congrats, Glenn Dickey, and maybe we'll have him on in season three instead. Anyway, so in many episodes, we usually read a review or email we might have received from you, the listener, and we invite a guest that's usually someone who's listened to the episode, written as a review, and then comes on the show to chat about the podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please First, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm always keen on getting a real fan of a band or a musician that we've had on the podcast to come on and chat. If that's you, then email me at celine.teoblocky at undertheradarmag.com. If you didn't catch that, it's also in our show notes. But also, if you want to do something fun, send me a voice message on undertheradarpodcast.com. Get there and you'll see the mic icon, click it, record a message, and I'll play it on the show. I'm also on Instagram at Celine Teo Blocky, and the podcast has its own Instagram at UTR Podcast. Okay, so now all that's out of the way. If you've stumbled on this episode without listening to the main episode, please make sure you do. Today we're talking about Courtney Barnett that episode of season two, the tape I want to play is of Courtney and how relaxed she was in sort of the preamble to her pressing record. We get all our guests to self-record as since COVID, we can't be in the same room. Okay, that is recording. That will be fine. Cool. Awesome. Um, sometimes people hold it and then I get a lot of the P-pops like throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So a little bit further is good. Um, okay, so we'll try it again. <laughs> <laughs> so how has it been kind of uh, the lead up to the new new album? Is it And does it feel any different from all your other previous releases? Yeah, I guess it, I mean, definitely it's different. It's a different world and a different kind of environment. Um yeah, I think, but just adapting, you know, the best I can, and it, I think everyone's just doing that in their own, in their own ways. Um, and there was even a moment, I think, even just making the record, just kind of having this unknown future and unknown release, which I mean, I guess all you can do is really embrace that and just, you know, try to make the best record, you know, that you can and not even worry about how you might tour it or how it might get released, which in its own w weird way was kind of refreshing. <laughs> so because the basic thrust of the episode is about how Courtney Barnett is so shy, I wanted to illustrate the point that you can actually be two things at once. You can do a good interview and function in life, but also be almost crippingly shy and sometimes awkward um that's life <laughs> okay and now we read a review so i've got this one it's titled great episode on courtney barnett 
and it reads, I'm a big fan of Courtney Barnett and just listened to Celine's interview with Barnett. I love how much ground the episode covered from learning quite a bit about where some of the songs came from, but also getting insight into Barnett's life. And this was by P. Kondo. And so you know how this goes. And today we have here P. Kondo. My name is Paul Kondo. I have been writing the Podcast Gumbo newsletter, which recommends three podcast episodes. It used to be weekly, but last year I said, nope, <laughs> that's just too much. So I went down to every other Wednesday. And I've been doing that since 2018. Wow. You know, it's a hobby uh, more than anything. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, maybe I'll make a podcast. I knew nothing about it. And I, I went to uh, the podcast garage in Boston. And after I came out of there, I said, nope, I don't think I'm ready to do that. <laughs> so I was like, but I can write a newsletter. You know, I'm, I'm constantly talking about podcasts to friends and things like that. I think it's so nice to have the kind of ecosystem of newsletters to tap you into, like, you know, the one thing. And it's nice to have people reach out to you as well, I'm sure, because I feel like sometimes with podcasting, you're talking out into the ether and you don't know if anyone's actually listening. (laughs) And so I feel like for you, you have like a good rapport and like people do reach out to you and people do have that conversation with you. And that's like the dream of any (laughs) podcaster, right? It doesn't have to be a large reach. It just needs to have that dialogue, right? Correct. I mean, I think it's building community that's like more important to me than any kind of like numbers. That's exactly correct, yeah. Okay, so what resonated with you about listening to the Courtney Barnett episode? First thing was how she started to listen to music. And it was just kind of weird because I don't know how old she is, but you figure everybody has access to music. But then you hear this story about a stepdad who had gone to America, brings back CDs, then they make mixtapes, and that's her intro to music. So she's listening to, you know, Nirvana, and I can't remember some of the other bands there. But I was like, oh, okay, that actually starts to make sense. But, you know, it's those sort of stories that I love to hear because it then makes me stop and think, how did I begin listening to music? You know, what was my entry point? And I thought, okay, yeah, I'm much older than Courtney, but, uh, you know, my sister's playing Chicago albums, which goes back a long, long, long time. And then I think, you know, I'll admit that there was some Partridge Family albums in the house. (laughs) So, yeah, so those are what started. and, And but luckily, my taste got a little better. There was a time where we, like even Courtney's, like you don't get access to music so easily. Like I needed to have that $20 mm-hmm. in my pocket to go to HMV right. or Tower Records to actually be able to buy that music. Whereas now you can Google it and YouTube it. And we wonder why kids these days are so eclectic in their music taste, or they can go from one genre to another and meld them all in there. It's like, <laughs> right. because they have this access that we didn't have. Like, so for you, how old were you when you were like buying music and what were the bands you were getting into? I remember getting for Christmas from a neighbor, Wings at the Speed of Sound. And I didn't even know who they were. You know, so that was really kind of like, okay, whatever. I don't know what to do with this thing. A couple of my first albums I ever actually bought or asked for specifically was 
an ELO album uh-huh. <laughs> and a Bob Seger album, a Dave Mason album. Um, so, the, you know, this goes back a long time. But I would say to this day, the most influential album, and really it's also the the visuals, is The Last Waltz wow. um, by the band. Yeah. I saw that film. And to this day, you know, so much of what I listen to is really – uh, what I like is very much of that style. Do you see something like that in the music of Courtney Burnett? I'm not sure I've ever put those <laughs> two together. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, because you know, The Last Waltz is so many musicians, famous musicians, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever made a connection there. <laughs> I feel like there's a kind of wordiness to the music of the band, you know, like the storytelling in that way. Right. It's not just like mood setting. Um, And it's interesting to me that you said that you don't often listen to like lyrics. (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, Because I'm like, because Connie Barnett is so kind of verbose and wordy and I find myself like really like wanting to listen to what the story of a song is all the time. And so, I mean, I guess that's why the the podcast is structured in that way as well. Um, And I was like, how can you not listen to the words? It's so interesting. (laughs) There are certain bands, I think really the first time I ever focused on lyrics Mm -hmm. and and tried to understand the lyrics was the – uh, in My Tribe by 10,000 Maniacs. Oh, wow. Okay. And I said, oh, my gosh, these lyrics, like, uh, all right, let me listen to these. And I had a friend of mine who was all into lyrics, and mm. and he explained to me a lot of that stuff. I didn't get some of the references and things like that. And so I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. So there are, you know, musicians that I tend to uh, focus more on lyrics. But generally, if I'm just in my car and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll sing to a song but have no yeah idea what I'm what I'm singing so it's it's a it's a running joke with my friends that you know certainly there are many you know the Monda greens yes exactly I was gonna say so have you had a couple of Monda greens oh yeah to the point where there's a term that we use that uh, it's actually a condo green so uh, you know some of them are pretty bad so <laughs> have you ever had a condo green for a um, Courtney Barnett song I, I've certainly probably misstated some words, but not that I've ever gone back and thought, oh, oh gosh, that's uh, that's really weird or, or frightening that I said that. No, it, I'm so focused on just trying to actually sing the song yeah. and get the right cadence uh, to it that, uh, you know, I think the term um, idling insignificantly, like that's really hard to sing for me at least. So, but it's such a great part of that song. I know you said uh, Elevator Operator is one of your favorites. Um, it, and so many people like that song. But I, I don't know. It's like this. I mean, she's got a canon of so many songs to choose from. And so like that isn't like one of my favorites. But I, I constantly come across people who say, oh, that's my favorite. And that music video is also my favorite. And I don't know if sometimes songs about considering some kind of like suicide 
it's not always an in for me. But then I also do like mopey songs and I think there's always like something deeper there, you know, why songs resonate with some people and not others. Why do you like that song so much? I loved the beat is just, you know, right from the get go. Mm. It's funny because if I'm not mistaken, I've heard her, I've seen her twice live and the song doesn't start off mm. the same way in a live. Mm. Like sh there, there's like a tiny bit of intro yeah. versus on the album, you just jump right into it. So, but yeah, everything about it, it's just got a, a great beat to it. It's, it's a, to me, it's an amusing story and yeah. um, I don't really focus so much on the, any kind of suicide part of it, Yeah, um, yeah. you know, because he's not thinking that, uh, yeah. you know, she's, she's talking about it um, and then assuming that he's going to jump. That's why he's on the elevator. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know it's got that funny twist, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you were mentioning the song Exploder. Oh my gosh, about yes. Depressed and <laughs> it's like then you have like that that twist at the end. It's so funny. <laughs> it, it was so funny listening to that episode. I mean, they're not long episodes, but you're just going through yeah. it and I'm locked in because I love the song. Yeah. And then she finds out it's not even the town that they were talking about. <laughs> And did you also said the other thing that struck you was that she and her long-term partner had broken up? Yeah, I, I just felt for the longest time, it was always Courtney and Jen, right? It just it just seemed that they were always together or talked about together. She was always talking about Jen. And, and then as big a fan I am, of many artists, it's not like I have the time to go and just sort of read about their lives and things like that. So I had no idea that they had split up. I saw an interview with a radio station and it was all very, you know, kind of lighthearted and fun. And what about Jen? And, and it was just so casual. They were just like, how is she? And, you know, what are you guys working on together next? She was just like, uh, like, oh my gosh. But it was quite shocking. Did you listen to Jen's album around 2017, I want to say? Her, her self-titled album, Jen Cloher. If I did, I have no recollection of it. That album is all about like being an artist and being in the music industry and being in a relationship with this other artist who kind of completely surpassed everyone's idea of what an indie artist <laughs> from a small little label in Melbourne can do, you know, what like, what does that success look like? And what is it like to be the one left behind? Interesting. So she's got a song called Sensory Memory. And like, uh, it's, it's got this line, I, I, I guess I'm never going to be the joy to your Slim Dusty. And Slim Dusty is an Australian artist and Joy was his wife. And like all these things that are in there and, there's like so many songs like Forgot Myself, which is a beautiful song, and Dark Art, also beautiful songs on that album that really tell you what it was like for Jen mm. to be sort of the one who couldn't go on tours and who got left behind. And her being an artist way before Courtney. Got it. Yeah, and like thinking, well, this is the life of an indie artist. And then suddenly see her partner just explode. Whew. Yeah, explode. It's crazy. 
You obviously like singing because you've mentioned singing in the car. Oh, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible <laughs> singer, but I can sing in a car. I sing in the, you know, the shower. Um, but no, you know, nobody's usually in, in either of those places. So, uh, so I can get away with it. But beside the fact that I was, I was forced to be in a, a church choir when I was very young. Yeah. N- nobody wants to hear me sing. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, So was there anything else, you know, as somebody who loves music? You know, one of the big things to me listening, and this is really about you and your style, was that I loved hearing big chunks of songs, right? Because that's, (laughs) trust me, there are other, and, and I'm sure you know of them, there are many music podcasts where I've heard some that it's a music podcast, yet they don't play one song or even a snippet of song. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. without question that there are licensing issues and things like that. But I'm like, hmm, there's got to be a way that you can do this because how can you really talk about something and not hear it? But then it's not that the songs are just put in there. It's a little, maybe a little break from talking. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I know what the song is actually about. I didn't know that. So then, you know, it adds a level that maybe I didn't get uh, from just listening to the album because, again, maybe I'm not uh, hearing all the lyrics. Oh, that's like the best thing, you just saying that, because it is so much work. (laughs) We're taking apart the song. There's a narrative flow throughout. Like we decide what is the story that we want to tell and then we pick what songs fit into the story and how we're moving the story uh, along and like in some some episodes we do it much better than others mm-hmm. and i think like towards the back end when you get to like season 2 it's much better than season one. <laughs> it's still immersive, but it's a lot more Q&A. There's a lot more repetition. Got it. Um, and then in season two, it's like it's much tighter, especially at the back end episodes. So is there anything else you wanted to add about Courtney Barnett? <laughs> um, probably just that when I saw Courtney at Mountain Jam in, I don't know, 2017, 18, I don't even remember. It was actually a ski slope in New York. It was so fantastic. And oh my gosh, it would be great to be able to do that again. But indoors, not just yet. (laughs) And on that note, Connie Barnett is doing a series of shows called the Here and There Festival. Most of them are indoors, but she is doing one at an apple orchard (laughs) at Beacon Skiff's Apple Orchards in Lafayette, New York. And is on a bill with Snail Mail, Faye Webster and Hannah Vu. So maybe Paul can go to that one. Um, this touring festival is particularly interesting because Courtney is partnering with Plus One and she'll donate some of the proceeds to the Ally Coalition. And they've been working with supporting LGBTQ youths across the country. And we know how important that is at this moment in time. Um, also, <laughs> this tour warms the cockles of my heart because there's one particular show in the Here and There Festival that Courtney is doing with Lucy Dakers and Caroline Rose. That's three Under the Radar podcast alumni in one show. And I love Caroline Rose's music so much. And she was so great to have in season one. And she was the second person that we featured. So go check that out. I'll put a link in our show notes anyway. This is Paul again. He'll tell you how to reach him if you have a podcast of your own. Just uh, if they go to podcastgumbo.com, 
they can uh, subscribe to newsletter there. If they're a podcaster, they can certainly try to get into a, a, a slot to pitch me their show. So do it. Pitch to Paul if you have a podcast. We were on his podcast, Gumbo Newsletter, not too long after we aired the Courtney Barnett episode. I didn't actually pitch our podcast to him, but I think he's such a big fan of the music that he jumped on the opportunity to listen to it, which was super awesome for us. I hope you've all enjoyed this bite-sized episode. And thank you so much, Paul Kondo, for taking the time to come on the show. That was super fun. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, apps like Overcast and Podchaser, wherever you get your podcasts. We're in between seasons right now, so if you want to be the first to find out about our Season 3 launch, you know what to do. Follow us. And to take us out, here's a little treat. This is Sensory Memory, one of my favorite songs of Jen Cloher's self-titled album. Till next time. People ask me why I don't go on the road with you. I tell them here's a day in the life of a touring muse. So early morning flight, press all day, city through a window, a conditioned Some